Welcome to the Real Estate Hustle Podcast. My name is Andre Chin, broker owner, real estate investor, mega agent, and real estate coach. We're going to be tackling all things real estate, bringing you guests from all across North America, mega agents, mega teams, and we're going to be diving deep into their businesses to figure out how they got to where they are and how they consistently bring that hustle into their business every single day. Buckle up, our podcast starts now. Welcome back to another episode of the Real Estate Hustle podcast, where we talk about all things real estate. Aaron Wilson, the man coming out of Tucson, Arizona. Aaron's got a team in five locations. He's done what most think is impossible. And he moved into that CEO title. He followed the MREA and he's actually transitioning out of real estate. And we're so excited to talk about that journey. Talk about what he's been able to build in his time and how he got into real estate. Aaron, welcome to the show. And we're so grateful that you could make it today. Well, thank you. We do appreciate you. So let's start from the beginning, right? I mean, one of the things we love to do with with this show and with the podcast is, you know, we love to hear what made people get into real estate. Like there's so many different things and I know a bit about your background, but tell our listeners and viewers, what made you kind of come out of the military and go into the real estate space? You know, it's funny. I was actually kind of lost, not knowing what the heck I was going to do when I got out. So I need I needed to kind of grow up a little bit and kind of do do whatever the heck I thought I wanted to do on my journey here. So literally, I, I got into real estate initially because I thought I was going to get into property management. However, it's about day three of the uh, the course, you know, down here in, in the States that we have, that uh, I determined very quickly that property management was something that I did not want to do. I was like, oh, oh my gosh. I said, this is not going to work. Um, just the desire just fell off a cliff. So I was like, well, you know, I'm going to finish this out. I think I'm just going to go ahead and finish the course since I already paid for it. Uh, I've got three more years left in the military. So you know what? I'm not in sales. That's That was my mentality. I'm not in sales. I'm not a salesperson. But you know what? Let's give it a shot. So I did. I finished the course. And um, uh, literally what had happened was I had a my very first client. Um, I noticed a lot of things in real estate. You got to remember, this is 19 years ago. So let's just go back in time, okay? So... Um, Exactly. There's probably some people on here right now that literally uh, they weren't even born yet, but you know, uh, that shows my age. So anyhow, I was literally standing in the kitchen as uh, we were closing out the um, transaction there and I'm handing the keys over to the, the clients. And I literally at that time, I had this kind of gut feeling that was not too good. I was like, man, I, I sure hope I did everything right. Meaning I saw a little bit of a lack of uh, training in the industry. Uh, two is at the same time as I'm handing the key over, okay, um, uh, I heard uh, their daughter in the back room going, hey, uh, you know, scream my name a little bit like, hey, Mr. Wilson, Mr. Wilson. I'm like, oh, crap, you, you know, we're in Arizona. So let's, let's, let's call it out. We've got tarantulas, snakes, scorpions. We've got all these critters out here. So I'm thinking, oh, goodness, you know, there might be something back there. So I literally, we kind of shuffle back there real quick. You get a member, it's a vacant house and whatnot. And what I noticed is a little girl was standing in the middle of the room and she kind of started twirling like a ballerina. And she's like, look at my room, look at my room. And I was like, you know what? This is kind of unique. I said, uh, I'm a kind of a part of this little girl's life without her even knowing it right now. So that emotion though, at that same time, was very similar to when, <clears throat> pardon me, when we were in the military and we would accomplish whatever mission that we had it was a it was a accomplishment, but the the emotion was similar, even though it was two different playing fields here. 
And I was like, you know what? I, I kind of like this. I, I can do this. Um, so therefore, what I did is I literally driving home that night. It was about seven o'clock that night. And I remember thinking, man, all I got to do is go find another family to get that emotion back. Uh, and that was that was the start of the journey right there. I just literally my my hunt was to find families and it was one after another and it just kind of domino effect, you know. So that year, and I gotta remember, I'm still active duty military. I was deploying two times a year at that time. Um, so and I was three months a, at a time. So I'm literally only doing real estate in the States for six months out of the year. So first year, I was able to amass, uh, I think it was 33 transactions the first year. 35 the next year and I don't even remember from there so uh but yeah that's that was my transition out of active duty military into real estate wow so so let me get this straight you do 33 ends while being deployed twice a year yeah there was a lot of time talking to the to the troops or whatever and what we did and uh uh they would come back and literally I here's one thing that I never did. I never did any transactions with anybody in the military because I felt there was a conflict of interest. Right. So I would refer that stuff off. However, it spun off different referrals from other individuals. So therefore I would service those deals. Mm. Yeah. And, and here's the thing. There was no limiting belief. I, did, I didn't know what was good and I didn't know what was bad. I didn't know what was acceptable, what the norm was. Um, and then when I found out the norm, I'm like, are you, are you kidding me? Because I think at that time it's like seven sides in a year was the norm. And I'm like, well, I've never been normal. Let's just call it called out. So I was like, well, okay, well, that's, I guess that's good. <laughs> you know, according to these benchmarks. However, I did know that, you know, systems models in place, this, that, the other, I'm a checklist guy uh, that I was a lot more streamlined than most agents at the time. Cause they were just kind of a la carte doing their thing with no particular system. Yeah. Now, now, I mean, how long was the deployment for context? Were you gone 30, 60, 90 days each time? Um, they were usually about three months at a time. So you did so, 33 ends in a six-month window. I'd say about a seven to eight-month window because you're having conversation when you're out there. And it, it's not like, you know, you're not talking real estate. So, wow. Hey, hey kudos to you. That That is not the norm. Um, I mean, I, I had my successes coming out of the gate as well. Very similar. We, we run similar businesses. However, 33, 35, average of seven. Like that's just even, it blows the mind. I want to dig into that a little bit. Um, and, and hey, thank you for your service. I, I don't know if I've ever actually said that to you. I mean, you've oh, done incredible yeah. things. Um, and, and, you know, if we have time, maybe we'll, we'll jump into, you know, some of that stuff with tour and stuff like that. But it, it's, it's truly incredible that someone as busy as you were already was able to pull this off and knock out this many deals. Did it come from traditional, and we're going to use that word that everybody hates, but lead generation, right? I mean, nobody, nobody loves it. It's a dirty word. It gets such a bad rap, but was it traditional lead gen or what did you do? Uh, well, let's, let's, let's go back. 19 years ago, there was no such thing as internet leads. Ooh, good point. So I think that answers it right there. Yes, it was actually, believe it or not, it was actually talking to people, you know, um, and a lot of people. And the more I noticed, the more people that I talked to, you know, uh, the more. So you were just, you were just ground and pound, talking to people, picking up the phone. Were you cold calling at all or? Uh, uh, there was no cold calling. I didn't do any kind of cold calling. I would literally, the open house was my office. Let's just call it that. 
Um, so <laughs> yeah, remember, yes, there was Wi-Fi. Don't get me wrong about that old, but however, <laughs> uh, hotspots uh, on the phone weren't traditional and you know, you're not tapping anybody's uh, Wi-Fi there, but yeah, literally I would make the, the open house, my office. And I would literally, I was there, you know, five, six days a week, depending on what it was in the evenings on a weekday. And then of course, uh, it was no traditional, um, two hours, I guess what they do now. I don't, I don't get it, but yeah. So it was just literally, that was, that was the office. And then, and I would, uh, block it out. So you would just literally go to an open house every day. I, I was trying to find vacant homes. Yes. Vacant homes, open houses. And you would go, how, how long were you in them? Five, six hours a day? Uh, I must about five hours, five hours a day. Um, on a weekend and then probably about three hours on a three to four hours on a week night or week evening late wow. afternoon early evening and just every day that was your well, and then what that did is it set the presence in the neighborhood that you know because there's obviously there's people that live in the neighborhood so that those individuals would be like what in the heck is he doing over there for four days straight right and the, i guess the concept and i would hear it you know hey if i have an if i need an agent i want somebody that's going to work like that mm. so you, you changed I mean, you did something abnormal as you took something that everyone does. And, and I don't want to knock anybody doing a weekend open house. I think that's sort of the standard today is, is you yeah. know, you know, Saturday, Sunday, two to four, one to three, whatever those numbers are. But you kind of said, well, if I can do this for four hours, why not do it for 20 hours? Well, I yeah, for what I noticed real quick, nobody was walking in the front door of the office to look uh -huh. for home. Yeah, I mean, it, we're not like car salespeople, right? Like nobody comes to see the product at the office. Yeah, to the car lot. Yeah, there's, no, there's nobody coming up. But here's the deal. An open house is that, if you think about it. Right. So your open house is your car lot. You, you realize very quickly, <laughs> nobody's, nobody is coming to the office to see a house. I mean, that's, we're probably, we'd have to probably go back 40 years for that, right? Where they had the book and. I, I'll say there's been one in my career. And here's the thing. It was one person that walked in and the other agent got it. So I was like, what the heck? You know? So I knew very quickly that the office was not the place to meet people. Um, however, the office had a different function. And we can get into that later on, too, because I believe that the office environment, when you get in a team environment, is crucial. Um, uh, yeah, yeah no, I, I would 100 percent agree with that. And, and it, you know, it's funny because when I started, I'm not I'm not as far in as you were. I'm, I'm at coming up to my 15th year. And I remember that. I remember getting put on the duty schedule. I was like, what am I supposed to do with this thing? And I was like, well, you got to come to the office and you got to sit here and you're going to wait near reception. And if anybody walks in, that's your deal. Oh, there you go. <laughs> and I don't even know that they do that anymore. Maybe they do. I, I don't I don't think so. Yeah. But I only got... Yeah, was like desk duty or whatever the heck it was? Yeah, I remember whatever that was called, yeah. right? And, and so I remember getting like one client. It was like one lady that came in. She was... She was like retirement age, if not in her 70s. She had to, she had to have been in her 70s. It was one of the, the weirdest moments I ever had. But she came in and we met and we sat down. And, you know, I'm going to go off the cuff a little bit. This is 15 years ago. But, you know, she, she said to me, she goes, you know, I really want to work with you. She goes, we just have a, we have a problem. And I said, oh, okay, well, what's the problem? Like, maybe I can overcome this objection. Like, I'm, I'm barely in the industry at this point. And she says, you know, Andre, um, you're a great guy. She's like, I hope you don't take this the wrong way. She goes, but uh, where I live, it's a little outside of town. And um, we don't have anybody like you out there. <laughs> 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 like straight face, she says this to me. And I'm going, you mean like tall, 
handsome like which one of the qualities are we talking about and she goes no 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 uh, you know we, we don't have any any ethnic people where I'm from oh my goodness and I said there has to be at least one and she goes no no it's a small town there's only 3,000 people she goes I know probably 2,500 of them and uh, you know, I've been there my whole life I know all the families and uh you know I just don't think you can get that sold and so I went upstairs I was like okay sit tight so I go upstairs I talk to my manager I say hey here's what's happening my team leaders you know this is what happened and and uh, at the time she said, okay, well, you're not going to be able to help her. We're just going to be, be brutal about that, but you're yeah. going to sign her. So I went and signed her, got it done. And then I came back up and I did a referral fee <laughs> to another agent in the office and they ended up listing it. And that's how I got, I got one of those deals that year. It wasn't a full paycheck or anything of the sort, but I got free business from that, that like duty roster, but I never did get the deal. So just like you, I mean, I'm, I'm zero on it. I did get some piece of business out of it, but you're right. It, they don't come to us. You know, and I got a couple of buddies that are car salesmen that have come in and it's kind of the same thing, right? They're like, man, I used to go to work and the customers would come to me. Now I come into real estate and I got to go to the customer. And it's such a hard thing for people to understand, especially in this day and age where we're all consumers. We all have to go get our stuff. Nobody brings it to us. And then you're telling people, hey, you got to go sit in an open house or make calls or, or door knock or call online, whatever the thing is, you've got to go do that for three to four hours every day and hope someone wants to list with you. You know, uh, you, you hit something there that kind of reminded me because I remember a piece of advice that I got early on was, hey, you need to watch what this lady over here does. And this was a very well-established agent, this, that, the other, and she'd already been in the business for quite a few years. And I'm literally, we have like a bull, we had a black bullpen area yeah. and I'm sitting there listening. I'm listening, but I'm, here's the deal. Phone would ring, she'd pick it up, she'd start talking and, oh, okay, she's got a listening. She's supposed to go, or a listening appointment. She'd hang up the phone about a half hour later, phone rings again. And I'm sitting there going, huh, what kind of advice am I getting? And I said, well, here's the deal. I'm looking down. My phone's not ringing. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, so not, yeah. So my, the way that I interpret it is I, yeah, I need to be looking at what she's doing, but here's the deal. Her phone's ringing. Mine's not. So I need to be the one calling out first until I get to her position. And then that way the, the phone calls come in. Yeah, that, that's such a hard concept for people to grasp. It it, it, it's, you know, you hear lead generation, you hear all this stuff, you know, prospecting, you know, open housing, all the different various ways. And and for anybody listening, like you'll hear us talk about cold calls, door knocks. I think those are just the easy ones to identify. There are probably 50 to 100 ways that you can prospect on a day-to-day -day basis that all work if you give them enough time. But I think you're right. The, the piece that nobody ever shares is you're not doing it forever that way. Yep. You're doing it to establish your, your database, your business, your, your blue ocean, your circle, whatever you want to call it. You're doing it to establish that so that you never really have to do it again. <laughs> yep. And then that's the thing is then it's all follow-up. <laughs> it's all follow-up from there. It's right? just we're going to follow up and then you'll be fine. Yeah. That, that's so cool. So so what was the market like at that time? Like, you know, I, I love some of the oh, stuff. Oh, good. That was 2004. So down here, it was literally, it was pretty a balanced market at the time but heck i didn't know it was a balanced market um and i remember this is when i was applying so when i went full-time okay i went full-time in 2007 uh and i think we all know what happened in 2007 mm -hmm. uh, there was a clip and there was another clip <laughs> so therefore uh however i didn't know what i didn't know 
Um, I, I've always had the mentality, always, that failure is not an option. And it's not just words. It was just like, there was absolutely zero worry. I just knew that I controlled what I controlled. And I, I knew that if I just consistently did what I was supposed to do, then, you know, the results would be there. Well, and I love that you talked about that, right? I, you know, I wrote it down because I'm kind of timelining here and I'm going, okay, he's getting in a, in a pretty good market. Rates are stable. Things are well. And then he's about to go through one of before this time. So for those of you listening, you know, it's, it's, it's the tail end of 2023. We can probably say that most areas of North America are in that scary R word. We're looking down the barrel of a recession. Interest rates are the highest they've been in a while. Some of that sort of stuff. And, and I'd say we're probably the closest to a balanced market today than we've yeah. been in over a decade. And so here you are, you know, you've got no fear, no worry. You're jumping in, you're coming out of the military, you're, you're knocking out deals at an extensive rate out of the gate, and then you're going to run into, into that wall. Was it a wall or did it not even affect you? No, I, I don't think there was a wall whatsoever. Now, here's the other thing. I was a little bit confused because I saw some of the senior agents that have been in for a while, you know, um, and there was a lot of complaining, you know, like, goodness, you know, because the prices did. They, they literally dropped to almost half of what they were so you know a 50 percent drop and they're like man and what, what made sense to me is like i got to do twice the amount of work to make the same money and i'm like now and here's the thing though i've never correlated money to activities right. i just know that activities will equal you know the other way around yeah i'm just like okay well okay well it is what it is i have little control over that I so uh, some people could not sustain, some people did, you know, if they weathered the storm, then they came out on the other side and in a better position, you know, and, you know, after, after a while, you start to learn these little trends that, you know what, when you weather the storm of a recession or a housing downturn, I'm going to tell you, that's when you, that's when you dig in and you come out on the other side without losing market share and you just gain. And that's the thing, just ride the momentum wave is what I always tell people. But I'm sure it, it, it had to have made you, like you said, you're working twice as hard for the same result, but your your skills had to have gotten better. Like you said, you're taking market share. So you're, you're growing your business all at the same time. But what I love to hear is it wasn't an issue for you. You just kind of went next. I'm not going to complain about well, this. I, I thought it was part of the business. That's, seriously. Well, uh, but it is, isn't it? Like, I mean, we, it what goes up must come down and what's down must go up. Like that, like life is cyclical that way. Well, I look back now, um, obviously there's people that they don't even know what the heck a short sale is, you know? Um, and I know that we, we have foreclosures down here, but it was just literally a totally different mindset going in, you know? And when I, mean, I, when when I started, we didn't really have Wi-Fi, So, I mean, it's, it's. Exactly. But what I noticed is that the services that I was able to render were actually helping people out with a financial decision. You know, a lot of people, it is, it's their biggest asset. Right. Well, and what's what's cool about that, Aaron, is, is you said, you know, I was lost. I didn't know what to do, but then I've got this client and now I'm feeling accomplished and I want to find families to help. Like talk about having a purpose bigger than yourself. Like you're getting into this for you, make a living, have a second career, whatever the reasons were. And then through that, you find this huge calling to help families so you can experience the joy of helping people just like when you're in the military helping people. I think that's so cool that that well, 
Well, that's that's what I say. It was very similar. The emotion was similar. It was just a totally different arena. One hundred percent. Well, most people don't spend the time to figure out why they're in this business, right? They they just don't they don't think about it. Like we hear all the same stuff, right? Oh, the flexible schedule and the the hours and I want all this. <laughs> I love that you laughed when I said that. Right? Yeah. Like, the real ones all know like there's no such thing as a flexible schedule. <laughs> You're on all day, all night, you know, even yeah. after hours. But you know, it's not what we think it is. But then they don't ever go back to saying, "Hey, what's my purpose? What's my passion? What's the reason that I'm doing this? What are the ways in which I can help other people?" Yeah. Right? And and so. Guys, for you, for you folks that are listening that are new, maybe you're feeling lost, maybe you're trying to figure out, hey, what do I do next? How do I figure out this real estate game? I always started by telling agents, figure out why you're doing this. What's the real reason you're doing it? What's what's going to make you happy, right? If this is a part-time job, you can sell a couple of houses so you can go on vacation every year, cool. At least you know, right? Then if the struggle is happening, you get it, it's not there. But if you're truly destined for something like, changing families' lives or changing agents' lives, or whatever version of that that you're going to go down. I think I think it almost helps you create that career path and, and get into that, you know, 30, 35 deals a year. You know your purpose, you know your mission. And I'm looking at that going, okay, if that's 19 years ago and you're doing that, your average commission would have been, what, $1,800 maybe? Oh, my gosh. Well, let's just, yeah. Here's the thing. The uh, At the time, 2011, uh, medium price down here is one twenty. Okay, there we go. One hundred twenty thousand. There you go. We can, we can do some simple math on that. How about that? <laughs> so, it, it, and that's the thing is what I noticed is there was other markets, i.e., California and whatever, um, that had a lot higher price point. And I'm thinking, man, if I just lived in those areas, then things would be a lot more lucrative on the financial side of things. You know what's oh, wow. funny about that though, Aaron, is is I coach I coach an agent out of San Francisco. And one of the hardest things to do is to motivate somebody who has an incredibly high price point. Yeah. It, well, just, you know what it, it taught me at, in due time though. Here's the thing. Um, as we started to, as I started kind of evolve, I started a, a team not uh, 10 years ago. Um and then with that, or nine years ago, and with that being said, what I noticed really quick was since we're in a lower price point, the amount of transactions that we did or the amount of families that we helped out indirectly told me that our systems were on point, okay? Uh, not really what the end result was with, you know, the financials, but it was literally telling me that, hey, if we're able to do, you know, a couple hundred transactions in a year, our systems are, are, are pretty on point here. So we just need to tweak it a little bit if we want to do more or whatever, versus somebody that's out in a, at a higher price point. What if they were doing the same amount of transactions? Right. So I think it's a different mindset because I saw people coming from California that would come into the Tucson market and they look at it and go, Oh no, uh, I, I don't even want to, I don't even want to play this game because here's the thing I've got to do, you know, eight times the amount of work to make the same amount of income because of the price point difference. So yeah. therefore, you know what, I just unwilling to do it. So it's, it's just more of a mindset. Oh, I, and I get that totally. I mean, I got in, I got in in 2009. So I'm, I'm on the tail end of, of your oh, yeah. through that recession. Right. And so our average house price at the time was $180,000. Mm -hmm. 
Canadian, for those of you listening, right? <laughs> we didn't have the 30% bump from being in the US. We're, we're doing it at 180,000 Canadian. And it was the same thing, right? I mean, our, our partners that were in places like downtown Toronto and Vancouver, where the price point was three, four times higher, it almost it almost made them complacent a little bit. I don't know if you found that with Californians, right? Like it was like, I don't have to work that hard because one of my deals is three or four of your deals. So the systems weren't as good, the the the, the stuff around them wasn't as good, and the, the mindset was a whole lot different whenever I would talk to them. Like, oh, just move here. I remember people saying that to me, just move here and sell here. Like, well, no, I don't want to move there. I want to do it <laughs> where my hometown's at. So so you started the team 10 years ago, so like 2013, 2012, 2013. What made you want to start a team? I mean, you know, that's a conflict. I think a lot of agents, when they start to get some success and they start to build, their, their lives automatically change, right? You're home less, you're working more, you know, you're, you're following some system, some model, but it's it's probably a little exhausting doing 40, 50 ends. Maybe you had an admin, but you don't have any other leverage or any other support. What made you say, hey, you know what? Team building is the way I want to go. You know, it's interesting. It was a very profound moment. I had another agent. She was a top agent in the market center, um, individual agent, and she had actually fallen down and broke her hip. And my wife was like, oh, goodness, that's uh, horrible. You know, she's going to be laid up for quite a while, this, that, the other, you know, because my wife's in the medical. Field. And I was like, okay. And I'm starting to think, man, her business is going to go downhill. And it did. I watched her business go downhill. I'm like, man, if that were me, how would this affect my family? Right. So that's literally the kind of the day that I was like, okay, you know what? I need to bring some leverage in here and create opportunity for some other people. So therefore, eventually I can develop this plan for me to be able to step out one day. Okay. Right. Uh, that being said, it's just, a, I, I truly believe that real estate is just a platform to do whatever you want to do. Um, so therefore it was, it was on point and, you know, started the team and it was 04, uh, February of 04. And then the reason I know this is because like, we just had a summit and we went over all of our stats. Um, there were 63 transactions that first year uh, with, uh, there was two other agents and I just directly went into a lead general at that time. And then we had an admin um, and, Second year, so it was 63 to 125. I think it's 147 to 175 to blah, 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 200, 499, 700 plus transactions, et cetera. So the trajectory growth was more of a, of a linear growth pattern at that time, anywhere between 22 and 25% increase. However, we grew organically. And then it got to a point to where it's like, okay, what's, what's the overall outcome here? Because in my opinion, you're not going to win in real estate. It's not like a, there's a finish line. There is no finish. Yeah. So it's like, okay, what what are we trying to do here? So it it came to me this last. I'm going to say it's it was in the works for me to kind of step out of real estate in five years. And the only reason that five years came to mind was, yeah, no, take a look at this. However, you know, I'll be 50, I'm actually 54 right now, and I was like, man, I'll be 59 and a half, and all you know. The all the IRA, you know, my IRA and all that other stuff comes to fruition at that time frame. So I was like, that was the only reason I looked at a five-year plan a while back. So I was like, well, that's the time when I'll go ahead and step out and give the opportunity to two other individuals to have 
uh, two co-CEOs to run the team and I'll just be the founder. <clears throat> However, one of my coaches was like, okay, no, talk to me again. Why are you waiting five years? I'm not trying to push you out the door, but explain this to me because I'm I'm not understanding. Now, this individual is, about, oh goodness, 80 years old, a uh, lot of wisdom, a lot of wisdom. And I was just like, that's interesting. And so I started to really think about it. I'm like, man, I'm actually, I am actually holding back opportunity for these other individuals if I don't do it now. So therefore, and then I, I was noticing little bits of um, stuff that they would have to come back to me to get my approval on and go forward. And I'm like, man, I, I feel like I'm kind of slowing things down a little bit also. So that being said, there was a little bit of reflection there. I was like, you know what? They've already got it. They've already been in training for about two, three years now in the position. Actually, Jenny um, is the one that actually has been with me since day one, since day one. Um, and so I'm like, man, they got it. They got it uh, extreme, you know, there was no doubt and confidence and that's all she wrote. So um, it was, it was, and that was the thing was when I transitioned out, which was last January, I was like, okay, do I do it abruptly? Do I do a stepping stone? Um, and I don't know if there's a right or wrong way, but however, what I noticed is like, man, if I don't do it abruptly, there's going to be questioning, you know, by the other agents even expansion agents, et cetera, you know, Hey, what, what's his mixer? What is he doing? What's his role? You know, how is this changing? It was literally overnight. Boom. Because here's the thing. They were already doing it. Wow. They already had the reins and running with it. Anyhow, I was just the, the, the shadow behind the scenes. So I give them 100% credit for what they've done and what they're continuing to do. And the, the cool thing is watching the, some of the, the changes that are in effect right now, just getting better every day. So it's actually kind of cool. I love that. I love that. So, so if I'm summing this up correctly, you went from I'm a real estate agent and eight years ago, not nine years ago, but you did it last January. So or this this year, January. So in under nine years, you built a team, expanded and left the business all in under a decade. That would be correct. But here's the thing. I tell you what, if you surround yourself with the right people, you know, the sky's the limit. So, so let me, let me ask the elephants in the room. I mean, well, I, I know you're with KW, so I know you're a systems and models guy. I mean, that, that just makes perfect sense. Um, how close to the, the, the millionaire real estate book are you? Are you on point? You know what? I, I literally, I read that book uh, when I was deployed. And I remember reading it and we didn't have a KW office in, in Tucson at the time. So I remember reading it and I was like, you know what? This makes sense. This makes sense. This makes sense. I'm like, this is very similar to be honest with you. Very similar to the military with a lot of systems, model structure and whatnot. And I was like, okay. So I came back from one of the deployments. I'm like, okay, I'm going to try and make this happen. But I was with it obviously with another brokerage. So we didn't have the systems and the tools and it was hard to even communicate. Um, so lo and behold, a couple of years later, my uh, ROP at the time, he was like, hey, you know, we're looking at going to a different brokerage, this, that, the other, and, you know, kind of merging into this one. I'm like, okay, well, that's fine. What, what is it? What is the brokerage name? And he had mentioned, and I was like, oh, no, no brainer, no brainer. I said, that's the Red Book. You know, so <clears throat> that was all she wrote from there. The only, well, I shouldn't say the only thing because we learn, we learn very quickly uh, that 
some of the decisions that we make sometimes um, aren't the best decisions. Now, I'm not saying this was the best decision or wasn't the best decision. What I'm telling you is that I, I diverted away from the MREA within the model on the listing side. So what I did is instead of having a salary position for the listing agent, I literally had them on a split. Now, that being said, I was okay with it. I understood it. I understood that I'm giving up more than I needed to on that side. However, here's the thing. I had a very, very talented individual, okay, that was listing agent that, you know, um, he would still be here today. However, he is no longer here. Um, that being said, he literally took the reins on the listing side and ran it, okay? Um, and I'm like, there, there's no way I'm going to do this guy backwards, put him on a salary, a high salary, because yeah. if I would have done that, yeah, yeah, he would have had to fess up about 250K per year over the last couple of years because of the amount of transactions that he did. So wow. that being said, I knew that was there. However, here's the thing. We have since, and this is right before I transitioned out, I saw the market shifting pretty dramatically. And I felt that, you know what, if we keep things the same way that they are right now, our buyer agents are going to suffer. Okay. I truly believe that from what I saw. And here's the thing. It was at the time when everything was just great. We were just closing transactions. So yes, there was, you know, offering over asking prices at the other bus. I'm like, if the market shifts and it will, we're going to have agents in trouble because they're not, I've capped their opportunity. So I literally, you know, we opened up the doors to have agents being able to do both sides with an extreme amount of training on the opposite side that they weren't doing. Um, because I feel that, you know, hey, we're going to open up the opportunity basket for them. So that's literally what we did um, prior to. And I think that was one of the best moves that we did make. However, I am glad that the way we did it initially, we did it that way. Now, I did, I, I cornered Jay Papasan, who actually wrote the MREA. And I'm like, Jay, what the heck, man? I said, this, this is what we've done, yada, yada. We went through the whole gamut. And he was like, well, holy, he goes, well, holy cow, how many, how many transactions did, did you do this last year? And I told him, he goes, oh, you way surpassed the model. And I asked him, I said, well, why didn't you put it in the MREA, man? And he goes, dude, he goes, let me tell you, if I would have put it in the MREA, just like most people do, especially high Ds, what are they going to do? They're going to go directly to the back of the book and they're going to skip all the other stuff. Yeah. And I'm like, well, you're right. He goes, so here's the deal. You're, you're the one or two percenter that it's out there. So that's why it didn't go in there. He goes, and we started talking about the numbers. Okay, hey, you're going to have to overcompensate for your, you know, for your expenses uh, and all that versus the cost of sale. So, yeah. I forget where it was. It was a very similar conversation uh, with Jay. Uh, we got to get him on the podcast soon. Jay, if you're listening, we'd love to have you on. We, we had a similar conversation, Jay Gary in the room, and he said the exact same thing. He goes, we didn't expect this many of you to go break the model. He's like, it's a guideline, it's a roadmap. And then we we knew there's this one, two, five percent of you that is just gonna take this, flip to the back of the book and go, okay, cool, yeah. do this, and then we're gonna break it left, right, and center. That is awesome. You know what? You know what? I, I will say this. Uh, when he said that, it was it was like a huge relief because I'm like, okay, I luckily did it right then, I guess. <laughs> so yeah, we luckily, yeah. and it's funny you say that because our model is very similar to your model. We've chatted about that numerous times over the years. And we we always felt like we were breaking the rules. And I remember my coach going, 
that's not in the book. I say, yeah, I don't care what's in the book, man. Like it, it doesn't work. Right. And so for us, you know, one of the things that we had struggled with was it takes an agent anywhere from six months, two years to get their license. And then you're going to come in and then you go, Hey, uh, so you're just a buyer agent. You're going to get to talk to sellers, but all the lead generation you're going to do is going to be on the listing side. Have fun. Yeah. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it just doesn't make sense, right? Like it just doesn't add up. So we had to tweak that right out of the gate where when we started the team, it was like, we can't do the buy. And, and I know there, there's there's people that are listening. There's teams out there that are in Canada that tell me, hey, you're crazy. It can be done. But similar to you, I looked at that and I said, I don't want to limit anybody's opportunity. You're going to start yeah. with buyers. That's naturally going to happen. And, and so for everyone listening, you're just starting your career be okay with those buyers. Like, it's where we all start. We start with leases, we start with buyers, and then we get the opportunity to do sellers. But then you just train yourself on how to be great listing agents. And then that creates your opportunity to build your business. So I love that you recognize that. I love that we're having similar conversations in different circles. Oh, yeah. That's all telling us, hey, this is just a roadmap, but similar to you know Google Maps or anything else, there are other ways. You know, You get that like similar ETA thing if you turn right here. It's, it's kind of the same thing. Don't be afraid to like try something new within the model or, or expand within the model. I think that's incredible. I agree. I 100% so, agree with that. So you, you, you sold the team or, or you've partnered out of the team, um, brought, in, brought in two new CEOs. You're the founder of this incredible organization that's in five locations. If I'm not mistaken, over a thousand units a year right now is, is where you guys sit. How do we're you actually not? We're yeah, we're not. We were at seven seven forty one two years ago there. So yeah, of course everything is kind of a little bit wonky right, right now. Right. But yeah. exactly, yeah. yeah. So so the quest, right? You did what most can never do, where they say they get out of real estate. Um, what are you doing now? You know what? I have the opportunity. Uh, my daughter uh, bought the house next door, uh, and she's got little ones so therefore i get to spend a lot of my time with the grandkids uh, something that when i was in the military i did not uh do is spend a lot of time with my kids at that time frame. so therefore um luckily i identified that very quickly and i'm not gonna make that same mistake with my grandkids yeah and, and you know i caught it i hope everybody else heard it real estate's a platform i've heard that said so many different ways but kudos to you for realizing it that hey if you don't have a plan or something or some way to get out you'll be selling houses until you're in your 70s maybe even in your 80s well yeah and I both said, not having a plan is a plan uh, there it is. and that's why I, I i would i would always look at okay hey what's one step that i can take in the direction to what my goal is that's it what's that's one step i don't need to do this overnight but what is one step so let me, let me ask the question. We, we kind of asked this, this is one of our closing questions. We love to throw this one at everybody, but what's the one thing you think anyone in the industry or anyone coming in the industry needs to know from a veteran? You're, you're almost 20 years in the business. What's, what's your secret? Oh, goodness. Um, I think it's just contacts. You've you got to be able to contact it, it, figure out how many people you need to contact to get an appointment for one. Um, and I, I truly believe it's digging deep to figure out why you entered the business to begin with. You know, if I hate to say it, but if you came in because of HGTV, well, that's a different dynamic. That's just not my my mantra there. But um, when you can pour your heart and soul in people, um, 
good things will happen. We all get in, right? We all get in. It's the, the byproduct of your activities, man. That's it. Percent. And and it's not thinking. You know, you said it at the start. Give you credit for it again. My phone wasn't ringing, so I had to find a way to make my phone ring. Yeah. Well, and here's the thing. I I'll say this too. I think that we've gotten away from the basics of real estate because they're boring. And the thing is, is most successful agents that I know, they do the boring. Um, they're not trying to get overly creative. You know, um, again, I'll call it what it is. There was no such thing as internet leads. So you learn to talk to people. Um, and I think we're trying to automate almost anything and everything to where it's not personal sometimes um, so that it can actually harm you more than help you. Don't get me wrong. Automation is a fantastic thing when it's used in the right way. Uh, but I, I do believe that, you know, we need to kind of go back to human interaction and, and, and talking to people on the on that platform. Back to the basics. I love it. So if you're listening, wherever you are, I mean, focus on what Aaron's saying. I mean, you don't have to go do everything. You don't have to go build a team if that's not what your jam is. But you got to figure out how to talk to people, how many people to talk to to get an appointment, and how many appointments it's going to take you to get a lead. Yeah. I love that. That, just makes, that makes it a predictable business in a commission-based industry, man. Seriously. And I know one guy that if he talks to 27 people per day, he's going to make $305,000 a year off of the data that we've gathered time and time again, every day. So then what do we hold people accountable? To their activities, which are their goals. That's it. I love man. that. I love that. Aaron, it's been a pleasure. Um, hey, I mean, thank you. Spending so much time with your grandkids and this sort of stuff. But if someone wanted to get a hold of you, if they wanted to talk about your journey or, or kind of pick your brain, they're, maybe they're trying to get out. What's the best way to get a hold of you? Is it phone, text, email, Instagram, social media? What's the easiest? Probably way? social media. Probably social media. Yeah, that's probably the best way. Yeah. So if, if you're looking it's Aaron Wilson on Facebook, um, I don't, I don't remember what your, your Instagram is. I think it's integrity homes, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, well, that's one, but uh, uh, Aaron Wilson, uh, Aaron Wilson, or Tucson agent. I think it is. I don't even remember what the heck it is. Yeah. yeah we'll, we'll make sure that we, we put that in there when we get this out yeah. as well. Um, so reach out to Aaron. I mean, Guy's a wealth of knowledge. I mean, we met years ago, and every time I talk to you, I learn something new, or I learn something I've forgotten, or I forgot to implement. So I appreciate you coming on the show. We do appreciate you. Folks, we are the Real Estate Hustle Podcast. We are on all media outlets as well. Find us on Spotify, Apple Music, um, and Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, as well as Amazon as well. So love having you on the show, Aaron. I mean, I'm I'm tempted to bring you back next year because I'm hearing that hey, it's it, good. It's got to be in the summer. It's got to be in the summer, man. I'm, I'm allergic to snow and the cold. My body does not react very well. <laughs> Folks, we're going to bring Aaron up. We're going to do an in-person at some point. We're going to try to get him up here in the winter. It's probably never going to happen, but we will try. <laughs> and Aaron, it's always a pleasure chatting with you. Congratulations you. on all the success. And, so and you know you're more than welcome down here as well. So. Uh, you know what? We're coming down. I believe that I'm coming down in December, so we will connect in December, and, and we'll connect again then. Thank you so much, my friend. You got it. You take care. Have a great night now. Bye.